Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello, and welcome to the Independence Coronavirus Podcast. I'm David Marley, Deputy Editor at The Independent. This podcast is about getting behind the headlines with some of our team drilling down into the issues that are affecting our lives as we try to navigate our way through these unprecedented times. It also gives us an opportunity to find out more about how the virus is affecting the lives of other people around the world. As we in the UK grapple with how long lockdown will last and what an exit strategy might look like, attention is turning to our closest neighbours to see how they are coping. Some European countries, including Italy, Spain, Denmark and Austria, have started the slow process of lifting restrictions. Germany will also start to ease the lockdown next week with some shops being allowed to reopen. But in France, President Emmanuel Macron had a different message this week as he announced the lockdown there would be extended for another month. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Anthony Cuthbertson, the independence correspondent in Paris, to tell us more about the situation there and how a prolonged lockdown is being received. Hi, Anthony, thank you for being with us today. To start with, could you just explain a bit about what the lockdown measures are and how strictly they are being enforced? Hi, David. The lockdown measures in France are some of the strictest in Europe. Um, They have been in place for um, a month now, since the 17th of March, and they have actually got increasingly tighter since they were first announced. Um, For a start, you need um, to, just to go outside, you need to have a form on you to fill out the form um, saying what you're doing, how long you're going for, um, and the reasons for leaving are very limited to um, buying essential items like food and medicine. Um, and originally, you could go out for daily exercise as well, but um, just over a week ago, they announced that all um, exercise outside, at least in Paris and some other heavily, uh, badly affected areas, would be banned between the hours of 10 and 7. And in terms of how strictly these rules are being enforced, it's incredibly strict. There's been around 500,000 fines handed out to people. Um, And the fines, they started off as 35 euros, and now they've ramped up to 135, ranging right up to 375 euros. Um, More than 8 million people have been checked by police and 500,000 fines. And... um, some of these fines there's actually a site tracking police abusing these fines with the sort of allegation that they're using them as a new form of revenue now that there aren't any parking or speeding tickets Um, and some of the examples i came across was one man who was fined 135 euros when he was stopped with a shopping bag and he had in it some biscuits and some tampons 
for his wife um, and they deemed that that was non-essential um, so yeah it's incredibly strict here and people i think are beginning to get a little bit fed up with macron especially knowing that it's going to go on for another month now so five hundred thousand fines half a million separate fines yeah that's an incredible number because i know that in the in the uk the police have been getting a bit of stick just for kind of breaking up people having the odd picnic or going to beauty spots but and there have been there have been some some fines and some kind of prosecutions but nothing on that scale how, how have the people kind of responded to that are they are they kind of taking that in their stride or are they protesting about that um i think they've got used to it fairly quickly they are obviously protesting it when it's very um seems quite unjust for being stopped for you know going out to get tampons for your wife but i think that far more whenever i see the news in the uk actually that people are out in the parks and stuff that they've closed the parks in paris They're, it's not even possible to go inside them so people are taking it a lot more seriously and i think they understand the risks um because there's quite a um high growth uh, high spread of the virus very early on um and people did take it seem to take it quite seriously was the was the exercise ban in part because there were still people going out and about and they needed to kind of stop all that social interaction yeah or do people, people just love kind of jogging in groups in paris is that is that is that the issue i've honestly never seen more joggers in my life um paris generally <laughs> you don't get too many people jogging around anyway but now that there are hardly any cars on the streets um people are people were really just using it as an excuse to go outside and get some sunshine, I think, and they put on tracksuits and go out um, with their form saying they were exercising, but really just to get a breath of fresh air, I think. They, they did it, um, they banned the exercise during the day in part to give children the chance to go outside, they said. So if you have a child, you're allowed to go um, outside and exercise with them um, during those hours. Um, but yeah, obviously that's very limited. So you, this form that you have, that's something you, you fill out yourself or it's like a government issued permit to, to leave? How does that work? Yeah, you print it out. Uh, you go on the government website, you print it out and then you fill it out. Seeing if I've got one here, seeing what it says. You've got to write down um, your name, address, um, even where you were born, um, your, the, the time of day you're going out and the reason for you leaving your house. And it says you can't go out for more than one hour. Um, so what you put the time down on it. And um, if they see that you're not within that time, they'll find you. And it, you, you also can't go more than one kilometer from your home. Wow. So you can't even get on your bike if you wanted to, for, to, to go and pick up stuff from further afield or? No, from the beginning, actually, um, bike, uh, going on, getting on your bicycle has been banned as a form of exercise. Only people who are going key workers going to work on their bicycles are allowed to use a bicycle. Wow. Okay. So that sounds like a significantly tighter situation than we're dealing with in the UK. Um, so Macron made his television address on Monday. Yeah. Where he said this was going to run on till uh, for another month. So what is it? May the 11th? Is that the right date? Yes. Yes. Um, so tell us a bit about what he said. Macron, I suppose, um, to people outside of France has a little bit of a reputation of being, you know, slightly pleased with himself, perhaps certainly very self-confident. And um, we, were, we were reporting that he was a bit more humble, perhaps, than we expect him to be when he made his, made his address and apologised uh, for France not being as prepared as it could have been 
for the outbreak? Was he trying to strike a different tone as he as he increased the, the lockdown? He has, yes. His first address, he used a lot of militaristic rhetoric saying that we're going to war against this virus. And the same kind of language was used um, on Monday. He said uh, that the epidemic is not yet under control, but he also admitted a lot of the failings uh, with the French uh, medical system and infrastructure, um, which he hadn't done before. In fact, a lot of people um, on social media were laughing at the fact that he seems to have had a tan, uh, got a tan um, in the, over the course of these three televised address over the last month. He's uh, progressively getting more tan. So he's obviously getting some outside uh, activity. Um, so yes, May the 11th, the lockdown is going to start to be eased with schools and some workplaces uh, opening up again. But any leisure activities, all cinemas, bars, cafes, restaurants, they're going to stay closed until mid-July, at least, he said. And then international travel is on hold, on pause indefinitely. So, but, but he, uh, he did say that the epidemic is not yet un under control, but he also noted that admissions to intensive care units have fallen and they've continued to fall since he made the address. They've fallen now for the past five days. Um, and he did speak a little bit about the economic impact, which has been particularly heavy on France. So France has already gone into recession, is that right? It has, yeah. Bruno Le Maire, the French finance minister, announced last week that uh, France was officially in recession um, and had gone, the economy had shrunk by 6% and they're expecting it to shrink by 8% this year. And he also said that for every month that the country is closed, the economy will shrink by 1.5%. So um, that's obviously going to be maybe those figures adjusted since um, Macron made his speech on Monday. And presumably, if the, if, even as you say, the, the lockdown will begin to be eased in a month's time, but this still sounds like there's going to be very heavy restrictions for a number of months to come. Um, France would obviously be uh, a big tourist destination in the summer, but if international travels um, under wraps and cafes and bars and events, our larger events are also going to be banned until the middle of the summer. Presumably that's going to take a massive hit as well. It is. France is actually the most visited country in the world uh, and it relies heavily on its tourism industry. So to not have anyone visiting the country and also not having anybody within the country going to cafes and attractions and events, it's... Um, yeah, it's going to be particularly hard on France. How is the kind of medical response going? I mean, there's a lot of criticism here in the UK about the testing regime and how slow we've been to ramp up testing. Uh, Matt Hancock, the health secretary, under pressure to hit a quite very high target he set for the end of April for 100,000 tests a day, which we're nowhere near at the moment. How's that situation playing out with you? Tests here have been, like many places really, um, um, vastly um, below what is needed. Um, early on, when the lockdown first began, I was speaking to a friend who's a teacher here in Paris, and he said that almost all his students and all of their parents were showing symptoms, the dry cough and everything like that, yet none of them could be tested because there weren't any tests in place. And by the time there were tests in place, the symptoms had already cleared. So. Um, yeah, testing has been inadequate, but he has ramped it up. I don't have the exact figure here, but um, he is um, he's ramping up the testing efforts and other um, 
measures to help prevent the spread, like introducing um, masks for face masks for uh, all citizens is something I think he's planning to do soon as well. That's an interesting move because that's also something that's been resisted here for now, at least anyway, uh, is this kind of widespread use of masks. Although there was one of the government advisors on the radio the other day saying that basically we should accept that in time, it's just going to become a normal part of our, our everyday life that we should get used to. I, I don't know. Um, are, are people in London and throughout the UK, are they, are they wearing masks when they go out? Sporadically. Not, 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 not generally, I would say, but it would be unusual to go out. If you went out for a walk, you'd probably see some people wearing them. I'd say um, in the area I'm in, I can actually, I'm looking out my window, I can see a couple of people and they're both wearing masks. And I'd say at least half the people I see around the streets are wearing masks or at least some form of face covering, um, a scarf or a handkerchief tied around their face. So Paris um, has been the worst affected part of France, has it, by, by coronavirus in the same way that London has in, in the UK? Yeah, Paris and the east of France actually, um, out towards, they actually ended up shipping some of their um, ICU patients to bordering countries like Switzerland and Germany. It's out near Alsace where um, the other big affected region is. And how would you how would you characterise the general morale of people in the city if they were all these restrictions on them and a long way to go? It started off um, pretty positive. The um, applauses that you've had in the UK, they have been nightly here, every night at 8pm. Um, and it's not just for health workers, but for all frontline workers like supermarket staff and delivery drivers. Um, but in recent days and weeks, um, they have started getting less enthusiastic and shorter, at least in my area. Um, they'd normally go on for a couple of minutes and they've just been going on for about 30, 45 seconds. Um, I, ha I was um, doing a voice chat with a friend who lives in Valencia two days ago and he held his phone out the window and it had been going on for 45 minutes there where they were clapping and cheering and playing instruments okay. so um yeah I, I don't know if the area i'm in particularly is representative of all of paris but it does seem like it's uh, becoming less enthusiastic but generally um there has been in the building i live in for example they put up a poster on the front door saying join this whatsapp group or join this facebook group of all the people in the building if you if there are any uh, elderly people or disabled people who don't have access to the shops or need help then let us know um, so that's nice we've I've been um, chatting with my neighbours a lot more I've lived in this building for a year now almost a year now and I've never really spoken to anyone before and now I'm speaking to lots of them in fact the other night um, one of my cats didn't come home and he's quite a greedy guy he never normally misses a meal so I put a message out asking if anyone had seen him and then I went out looking for him and at around midnight I heard some uh, a cat meowing and it turned out he had fallen into an underground parking and it was a two-story drop a vertical drop and there was no way down there for me to get down and rescue him so I put out a message on the whatsapp group and said or my wife did actually and said, does anybody have a ladder? And even though it was midnight, within about five minutes, uh, three of my neighbors 
different neighbors uh, were down in the courtyard with me, two with ladders and one with a high powered torch. And we managed to coordinate this cat's rescue, um, which, was, which was quite nice. And we had all the, the rest of the building peering out their windows watching um, as we did it. Um, which, yeah, that was, that was quite a nice bit of communal spirit that hasn't existed in this building before. Um, the cat was isn't it? it does seem to be that kind of bit of sense of community about it. Yeah, exactly. The cat um, was fine in the end. He, he had a, he busted his jaw and he had a sore, um, he'd sprained his paw. We took him to the vet, which was an odd experience, um, but they've, he's gone on some painkillers now and he's recovering well. Good. Um, yeah. Do you think that that kind of sense of community will maintain? I mean, do you think people will get, um, I mean, Paris is kind of famous for its, for its protests and people um, having strong opinions about how the government is coping with things. Is it, is it for the time being that people will let uh, um, Macron kind of get on with his uh, restrictions, do what he needs to do, but in time, what does, that, what does that mean? Is there going to be lots of protests about how it's been handled, do you think? Well, that's a good question. When he first announced the lockdown on the 17th, of, uh, he announced it on the 16th of March for the 17th to begin. And it was at a time when there were a lot of protests going on. There'd been obviously the biggest strikes in recent history in Paris and France. And a lot of people were saying, oh, he's just doing this as a political move to prevent mass gatherings and protests. Um, the yellow vests, obviously, another example. Uh, but it quickly became clear looking at the rest of the world that yes this is obviously a very serious problem the problem for people who do want to protest macron is that they're not going to be able to at least until i, I don't know midsummer um at the earliest i think so they'll have to find new ways to protest maybe online or however but it's definitely for a country that does enjoy striking and protesting uh, something that's not they're not at all used to mm. You mentioned uh, just now that you've been in your apartment there for about a year or so, mm -hmm. um, as a as a uh, having moved there from London. Uh, you've also had a had a baby, baby daughter Chloe, since you moved there. I have. Um, so how are you coping with kind of that transition, family life, everything on the lockdown? It's kind of funny time. It is. It's a very strange time. So yeah, Chloe is two months old now, and she's spent half of her life so far under lockdown which is bizarre uh, for the last month she hasn't seen a single human apart from me and her mother <laughs> uh, my wife Charlotte and uh, she did go to the doctors actually for her two-month vaccinations last week and but the doctor was wearing goggles and a face mask and um, it might as well have been an alien putting in the vaccinations um, the, yeah, it's, it's very strange. She has had to meet all her, well, most of her family um, by way of video chat. Um, but yes, it is strange. For, for her, she's obviously quite oblivious to the fact that there's a global pandemic happening. Um, but yeah, it's, it is very strange, really. All those, all those kind of normal routines of uh, new family life and kind of playgroups and other parents you get to know or obviously none, none of those things are none of those things are happening yeah exactly there's um again some whatsapp groups have formed for people um but even just being able to go for a walk um with the buggy out in a park or something is impossible because the parks are closed so it is a, a hopefully um 
on May the 11th, when he begins to ease restrictions, Macron, um, some of the parks can at least open so children can enjoy those. Because obviously Paris doesn't have the same luxury as London of having great big royal parks to enjoy. It's quite limited here. So when they're closed, it's just a very dense urban environment. Mm. Okay. Well, we look forward to uh, finding out what happens over the next few weeks and what happens with the, the kind of easing of those restrictions next month. Um, thank you for being with us today, uh, Anthony. Um, thank you, David. Um, thank you um, for listening. If you're a new listener, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen. And also do check out the other episodes already recorded uh, in this series on everything from the economy to travel and working from home. And if you have suggestions for things you'd like us to discuss, do get in touch on email at the coronavirus podcast at independent.co.uk or you can use the hashtag Indie Coronavirus Podcast. That's I-N-D-Y Coronavirus Podcast and we'll see your post. Uh, you can read all about the uh, unfolding pandemic on our website, independent.co.uk and in our downloadable daily edition app. There's also a, a new email newsletter that you can sign up to if you want the latest news and advice delivered to your inbox. Um, thank you so much again uh, for listening and please join us again next time. 